Gazette Newspapers presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast, available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from MVP Arena in Albany, New York, where the Mayor's Cup Games took place on Saturday. Uh, the women's teams uh, took to the ice at uh, 11 a.m., Union and RPI, and RPI took a 2-0 victory over the Dutch women to win their uh, third cup in four tries. And in the men's game, Connor Murphy was the star, making 33 saves and a 2-0 victory for Union over RPI. That was Union's sixth Mayor's Cup. But, of course, the big story that uh, took place Friday was the end of an era at Union College. Of course, I said uh, on my Wednesday podcast that I would have a preview of the Mayor's Cup podcast on Friday. Well, things changed at 2.05 p.m. Uh, Friday when uh, Union Athletics sent out a press release saying that Rick Bennett, after 11 years as a head coach and 17 years at the institution, was stepping down. Uh, he was accused of uh, an allegation on an anonymous email late Wednesday night. Uh, he was placed on paid administrative leave on Thursday. And the investigation was completed by Friday, and the, whatever the findings were, we don't know what they were. Uh, the, Rick Bennett decided to uh, you know, step down from his position as head coach. John Ronan, uh, who has, was serving as acting head coach, and is now the interim head coach for the remainder of the season. Certainly was an emotional day for everybody uh, involved in Union Athletics. And I, before the press conference that Jim McLaughlin had, the athletic director, on Friday, I did speak with Rick Bennett, and here's some of what he had to say. So uh, why, what led to this resignation? Ken, it was uh, basically, uh, I have to say, it was, a, it was a good time. It was a good time for me to go and, uh, you know, to pursue other interests at this time. It really was. And I feel, feel at peace with my decision. Um, and, you know, my family is, more importantly, and I, I, I thank, you know, Jim McLaughlin, President Harris, Francie Brown McClure, uh, also, you know, for, you know, basically all all they've done for me while, you know, just, just while I've been there. So it was just, it was time. Did something happen? I mean, I've been hearing something happened at the Clarkson game. Did did you? No. 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 I no, there's no games or anything like no, that's that's not the case. Not the reason for my, you know, for resigning at all. What will you miss about it? All the 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 interactions for for however long, almost seven, you know, seventeen years, six, sixteen point seven. Uh, I enjoyed. I never called it going to work. I was always going to the rink. I will miss that. I will miss the interactions with the coaching staff, Dave Baglio, Cheryl Rockwood, Kelly Hayes. Like the list goes on. Doc, Dr. Wally Bizdell. Like those, those are what I'll miss. And honestly, working with the players. I, from as an assistant coach there all the way till, you know, a week ago, it was. I had an absolute blast as the head coach and as an assistant coach at Union College. Now, here's an excerpt from Friday's press conference with Union Athletic Director Jim McLaughlin. 
incredibly interesting six days for Union Hockey. Uh, last Saturday we got some incredibly positive news uh, about the future of the program with the ability to award athletic scholarships and look forward to an incredibly bright future. Uh, and today we sit here uh, informing you that our head men's ice hockey coach Rick Bennett has resigned his position and I want to be first to thank Rick for everything that he's done for this program. Uh, Rick's done a great job as the head coach over the last several years as far as what we've done on the ice. Uh, Rick's been here for nearly 17 years, uh, the same time that I've been here. And uh, we've seen great success under his leadership with a lot of people that didn't believe we could achieve what we achieved. Um, there were three regular season championships with the Cleary Cup, three uh, league championships with the White Lock Cup, there were four NCAA tournament bursts, uh, two Frozen Four appearances, and of course in 2014 a national championship. But I think for me, uh, one of the things I always appreciated is um, you know, what uh, Rick stood for and his um, support of the students in their off-ice activities. And, you know, this is a team that just last term saw them turn in a 3.4 GPA. Um, it's a team that's done great things in our community. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a group that is led by a terrific senior, Josh Kosak, that is a finalist for the Hockey Humanitarian Award. So. I want to thank him for his service, wish him the best as we move forward here. Joining me now to talk about the situation is a Gazette columnist and uh, Mike McAdam, who covered the uh, Union Hockey B for five seasons. And Mike, uh, this whole thing just really seems strange from the get-go when the announcement came out last Thursday. Uh, the investigation took place. We don't know what led, what the allegations were, but just... What did you take from uh, Jim McLaughlin's press conference on Friday? Well, we don't know specifically what triggered this whole thing, but clearly it was serious enough to prompt them into conducting a ton of interviews. He said, um, you know, they sat down with every one of the current players except for one because of a scheduling issue or whatever it was. They talked to staff. They talked to former players, whatever that means. I'm not, we're still not sure. I'm kicking myself for not asking him at the time whether he meant it was former players who had been through the prog you know, program for the full ride or players who would transfer it out or whatever. But over the course of these eight days or seven days, whatever it was, of um, interviewing people, they determined that Rick Bennett's um, coaching style and practices, as they worded it in their press release, um, was something that needed to be addressed so they talked they sat down with him and had a discussion and the way Rick portrayed it um, to me when I talked to him uh, Friday night was that he he came to the realization that as much as he tried to change his ways over the years he hasn't done it to the sat his own satisfaction and um, hadn't as the word he used and the word Jim McLaughlin used as well evolved to keep up with the times of how to how you're supposed to coach kids at the college level, and at that point he he figured, well, I'm just going to resign um, for a couple of reasons, not the least of which was he, he just didn't want to put the program through, you know, whatever mess loomed. And, um, you know, he and Jim McLaughlin both stressed that um, 
at no point had they they had not reached the point where either Rick being fired or suspended some form of discipline they they just never got to the point where that was delineated because um, Rick kind of short-circuited that by just saying okay well I'm just going to resign um, so you know it's unfortunate for the program um, his legacy clearly will be the national championship they won in 2014 but um, you know, there's other stuff too, including the Mayor's Cup brawl, which was, you know, a low point for the program probably since they went Division One. I, I would think. I mean, it was ugly and it was awful, and and um, uh, certainly didn't cast. He didn't cast himself in a very good light at that time. So, um, it, you know, it's hard to kind of um, define his legacy at um, Union in any one specific way, other than his players played hard. He was not. Um, you know, he's a pretty old school coach who, who had pretty kind of tough love kind of measures that, that he used and apparently um, whatever his philosophy was, he didn't, he didn't uh, kind of uh, change with the times, uh, uh, you know, well enough to, uh, to in his mind, to, to remain the union coach. So um, yeah. I guess that's a long convoluted answer, but it's not an easy, you know, it's not, there's no simple answer yeah. to it either. Yeah. And I spoke with some of the uh, former players uh, on Friday, and uh, they're very upset with the whole situation, the way it was handled. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you, know, we, you hear stories, you hear rumblings that it could have been, you know, Jim said it was an anonymous email. Uh, could have, you know, if, it, if a parent was involved, I mean, at this level in college, in college sports, if a parent got involved with that, I mean, is that kind of strange? You think? Um, I don't know. I'm I'm reluctant to speculate on who sent it or what was even in it. Um, you know, I asked Jim McLaughlin at the press conference if there was, you know, based on the content of the email, if he could characterize who sent it in any way, any any general sense. And he he said it doesn't matter now, and he wasn't going to answer that question anyway. <laughs> but but um, so I and you know. At this point, I'm kind of feel the same way. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's, yeah, you're always going to wonder about, you know, um, was this a situation where somebody, like, called in to CBS that Tiger Woods uh, moved his ball or they, you know, <laughs> or whoever moved their ball and then suddenly they have an infringement. You know, I, I don't think it was anything like that. But um, clearly it was something that rose to the level where they felt they needed to address it and talk to people and, and get a little more background on Rick's, I guess, his behind the scenes, the way he coached. And um, so, I mean, that was kind of like, I don't know if it's the butterfly effect or just like a, a pebble rolling down a snow hill and turning into a boulder. But apparently, you know, if you go by the old smoke, where there's smoke, there's fire, then, um, uh, you know, I, it, it became clear that, that Rick probably needed to leave. So Yeah, it's been really... Well, up a crazy couple of weeks for the program. You know, last Saturday they got approved to be able to award athletic scholarships starting next season. Now, how that how is that going to be affected by this? I mean, they have to go in a coaching shirt search right now. John Ronan's the interim head coach, and they've won three or four games since he took over for Rick Bennett. So it's really, it's, it's turbulent times for the program. Well, there's a lot of things up in the air right now, and they're juggling a lot of balls. And um, you know, the scholarship thing, uh, you know, as good a news as that was for them from a competitive standpoint, they've had to figure out where that money's come from. I don't know how they're gonna, you know, how they w would go about scrambling to assemble a scholarship fund or even how much money they would need to to 
pile up to, to make it um, worthwhile. Um, and then the coaching situation, of course, is, is in flux unless John Ronan performs well enough that they decide to keep him on, you know, and, and remove the interim tag. So, um, yeah, there's a lot going on. And, and um, you know, the players can't help but know that, that these things are going on in the background. Maybe the scholarship thing doesn't affect the guys that are going to be leaving this year anyway. But, um, you know, they're in the middle of the season and they're trying to get something going here. Um, it can't be easy on them to have to deal with a coaching change. And obviously they're not the first ones to ever have done that. But, you know, the timing of it in the middle of the season like this um, can't be easy. How do you think John has done so far? Well, um, I mean, he won today. I mean, that was was a good first step. But how many games has he coached them? Four games. So that's pretty. Yeah, the only loss is the overtime loss to Yale last night. Yeah, I don't know if that's a big enough sample size to really get a good gauge of. And, you know, maybe once he's gotten through the whole ECAC and we see how he performs and and he's played against everybody and from top to bottom, you get a little better feel. you know, so maybe the initial look is encouraging, but you know you're going to need more than that to to decide if he stays on or you know what direction they're going to go in. Did Jim McLaughlin answer all the questions in your mind satisfactorily? Um, I would say no, just because you know I I still go back to the fact that. We're, we're talking about apparently one incident. I mean, the email sounded like it was ref- it was blowing the whistle on one thing that happened, but somehow that turned into to symbolize Rick's whole coaching philosophy or you know tactics or or you know you know how he conducts practices and things like that. So I, that kind of like from getting point A there with the email to point B of his overall coaching. Um, needed to be addressed I, you know it seems like there's a little bit of a disconnection there that I'm still wondering like did this one thing kind of you know it obviously wasn't a standalone thing but a standalone event um, but you know at the same time at these things you're, you're not going to get like a lot of concrete answers that you're looking for because they're not you know they're going to take the position that they're not obligated to answer them, and it's not in their interest anyway. Yeah. So you're not going to really you you have to, you, we've done this long enough. You walk into those things knowing that whatever scraps you get is going to be it, and anything else that that you're really interested in, you're probably going to have to get from another source. Well, Mike, appreciate a few minutes, and uh, it's been fascinating this whole season between the COVID and uh, postponements, and now this Rick Bennett situation, and now now we're getting ready to home stretch of the season for the Dutchman. So it's gonna gonna be interesting to see how they handle the rest of the way. Yeah, and like I already said, um, you know, the team is juggling, the players are juggling a lot of balls, and now they're <laughs> one less that they have to think about, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they handle it and and respond and what they can put together the rest of the way. I, you know, when the last season I, that I was the beat writer, I, you know, you said five seasons is actually five, four, four seasons over five years because we lost the COVID year. But, you know, a lot of that incoming freshman class that I covered my last season, they're older kids now like Liam Robertson, people like that, and they're good players. And so it's kind of cool to see how they're, they've developed and what kind of role they have. Um, so, you know, I think there's some potential there, and it's up to John Ronan now to pull it out of him. Well, I appreciate a few minutes, and we'll chat soon. 
Of course. Thanks for having me on, Ken. That's Mike McAdam of the Gazette. Uh, coming up, we'll review Saturday's Mayor's Cups games and uh, you know, let's have interviews with uh, all four teams. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. All of us love sports, but not all sports are created equal. College sports have big budgets, dedicated alumni networks, and corporate sponsorships. Professional sports have even deeper pockets. Millionaire owners, lucrative TV and radio deals, and merchandise sales. High school sports have you. Everyone agrees high school sports give us plenty of reasons to cheer. And now's a great time for us to give back. Supporting your hometown high school won't cost you much, but it will go a long way to ensuring the games we love the most are here to stay. New York High School Sports. They're good for our kids, good for our community, and best of all, they're good for you. This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, this is Union College Hockey TV analyst Brian Unger. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast, and let's let's look at what happened at the, the uh, Mayor's Cup Games uh, Saturday afternoon at MVP Arena. Let's start with the men's contest. Union taking the game two to nothing, and really an effort that uh, RPI I think deserved a better fate. They the engineers were the better team, and really just outplayed the Dutchman over the final 40 minutes of the game, out shooting them 21 to eight, and end the game 33 to 17. But our uh, union goaltender, Connor Murphy, from Hudson Falls, stood tall, stopping all 33 shots, including one acrobatic one when he was in the second period when he was going to his right and managed to stretch, stretch out his uh, left leg and got a pad save on a uh, Jacob Lee shot. So uh, it was an impressive effort by the Dutchman. Of course, they've gone through a lot of uh, emotions over the past couple of weeks, and especially on Friday when uh, the announcement of Rick Bennett's resignation came down. Uh, so that was uh, really discussed a lot during uh, the post-game press conference here at MVP Arena. John, with all that has gone on the last couple of weeks with the program and culminating yesterday with Rick uh, stepping down and the emotion of coming into this game, is how important was it to, to come away here winning the Mayor's Cup? I mean, and you know, quite frankly, it was just, it was, the guys played very defensively the entire game. Yeah, it, it was a big one. It was, you know, obviously the biggest stage in the region. Um, and you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> this game's got enough emotion without, you know, the circumstances surrounding our program. And, you know, speaking for myself and probably for these guys, the past week has been, you know, it's been a whirlwind in the past 24 hours, certainly. And I give all the credit to these guys. You know, they, they parked that. And that's a great thing about this game is you can really lose yourself in it and get away. And, you know, everything for two and a half hours is all your problems are kind of put on the back burner. And I give these guys all the credit for, for taking care of that. What was your emotion like when you found out from Rick? It was hard. <clears throat> it was really hard. Um, you know, Rick Bennett brought me to Union College. He brought me to Union College twice. And i, I forever grateful for him starting my coaching career, bringing me back here full-time two years later. And, you know, I, I'm grateful to him. I'm, I'm grateful to Karen, his kids. Um, you know, he's a good man. Coach, could you feel kind of the emotional release when that clock hit zero? It felt like it, it just kind of all melted away a little bit. It's, yeah, I think the last five minutes took about two hours. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it didn't feel over until the buzzer rang. And, 
you know, I was uh, I was happy to have TJ right by my side, and you know, he, he's been a rock star, you know, as, as we've gone through this. So, you know, it was it was a really really good feeling. Never forget it. What does it say about the focus of these guys and everything going on? The fact they just came out and played a really really good hockey game. It, it was it was great. It, you know what? It, we we really didn't have a time to digest everything together as a team. Um, the news broke after practice yesterday, and you know, it was just kind of chaotic and a quick turnaround with the two o'clock game today. Um, but uh, like I said, I give these guys all the credit. You know, our leadership group, Josh, they really they really had the group ready to go, and you know, just happy to be a part of it. Uh, Connor Murphy, just what did he mean to this game today? What do you guys think? Everything. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Not bad. Um, no, Murph's, Murph's been the backbone. Murph's been the backbone. You know, he's a guy that showed up every night. You know, obviously, we didn't generate a lot the last two periods, but and we and we leaned on him. Our D zone time was quite high the last two periods, and he's a calming presence back there. Connor, uh, for you growing up in this area, maybe a better understanding of this rivalry. Someone that hasn't played in it. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, I'm just, I came into the game just like any other game, and obviously, we all knew what was on the line, so it was, uh, it made it a lot more exciting, but um, yeah, I just, I fed off the energy of these guys and everybody else on our team, because I could tell how excited they were, and they knew what was at stake, so um, I think all the hype from them really helped me out, and uh, and yeah, I, I give a lot of credit to those guys. And just quick follow-up, those were your save on Laka there with about 140 left, and you turn around and Brandon buries it from uh, from your own face-off circle, just a wide range of emotions there. Yeah, yeah, no, that was uh, that was a crazy play, but um, yeah, I'm thankful it worked out. So, <laughs> what about the save you made in the second period? You were going to your right, and then you stuck out your left pad. I think it was on, I think maybe Lee or Laka. I'm not sure which who it was. Yeah, so I was. Uh, the pass was coming from the left side, went to my right, and I slid across thinking he was going to one-time it, and he ended up holding on to it, and I slid a little too far and tried to, to slide back to my left more, and I, I lost my footing a little bit, so I just kind of tried to stick my leg out, and luckily I, I got a piece of it, so um, yeah, kind of lucky on that one. For all the guys, we'll, we'll start with Liam, just talk about what it's been like the last, you know, not only 24 hours, but the, you know, when it, the announcement came yesterday. Uh, and all, and all this last couple of weeks, what are you guys emotionally drained now, or you, with the way you guys are playing the last four games, do you feel like this could be a turning point for the team? Yeah, uh, for sure. Go across the <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I think having that big win in Dartmouth on. Uh, Wednesday definitely helped us, gave us some confidence coming into today, and then all the news um, this past week. It's definitely been hectic with everybody wondering what's going on, uh, everybody like in the room included. Uh, but it's it feels great, and I feel like the confidence we have going into uh, next weekend is going to help us a lot, or even Tuesday, sorry, Tuesday. Yeah, same thing as what he just said. You know, I mean, we're playing well right now. We're playing really good hockey. We're getting a lot more offensive chances, which is nice, and uh, it's benefiting for us. So you just got to take this and work with it and keep growing from it. Yeah, it's definitely a difficult week, um, but, you know, we have a very special group in that room, and, um, you know, we just had to have each other's back and, um, you know, just go out there and win some hockey games. And I'm really proud of how we responded, um, you know, dating back to, to last Friday. So we're very proud of our group. Uh, yeah, obviously there's a lot going on, so I, I just feel like all the guys, um, everyone has just done a really good job at um, separating when we come to the rink, uh, we get on the ice, it's time to take care of business and putting that aside and 
uh, taking care of what we're there to do. Josh asked this to coach, but when the clock hits zero, is it just nice to enjoy a moment like that after kind of all the stress and everything? Yeah. Um, I was telling them before the game, I've never wanted to win a game more in my life than today. Um, I mean, it may just be a one game against RPI, but to us it meant the world, and I'm just so happy with how we battled. Um, you know, everyone played a full 60, and I'm just so happy right now. Happy to go to shootout? Very happy. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, the way Connor's kicking, who knows? Brandon, you practice those from your own uh, face-off dot, or did you think about skating it up the center ice before you let it go? Uh, no, I, I just looked up and saw the net, figured why not. Uh, <laughs> Do you recommend that, John? Or usually coaches don't want to... No, we, we actually encourage it. And it was a good heads-up play by Brandon, and he nailed it, but it took about a million seconds for that to go the length of the ice. As I said, RPI played a strong game and deserved a much better fate. Uh, RPI head coach Dave Smith, really not very upset, and he shouldn't be. I mean, they played an outstanding game and just uh, unlucky breaks for, for the engineers. So let's hear their press conference. Yeah. The, chance, the chances were there for the guys tonight. I mean, you guys had odd man rushes and you had a couple posts. Just when you get the bounces you need, is that a fair assumption? Just one or two bounces differently and you get back, you get a couple goals? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, my my perspective, I'm not on the ice, I'm not in the locker room. That loss hurts in the locker room. My perspective, um, I thought our guys had an uh, an average first period, which is was fine, and I thought we had an excellent second and an excellent third where we skated. I thought we checked. I thought we did everything except score, and I, I, I thought their their goalie played very well. They, they were desperate when they needed to be desperate, and they kept the puck out. But in terms of um, effort, attitude, and um, desire to be great, I thought that we did uh, did very well in those, but we didn't win. So if we repeat that excellence, good results will follow. How frustrating is that, though, Dave? You do everything you're supposed to do, and, but you don't get anything out of it. Well, that's the game. That's the way the game works. And, you know, um, you know, we we win a game earlier in the year at St. Lawrence. We get outshot, you know, 41-24 and win the game 4 nothing, right? But we don't give those points back. And Union's not giving the points back, right? So is it frustrating? Yeah. And we're working to, to find a way. But there's the, the way works. The way was good today. We just didn't score, right? And, and Or he saved them. So we can't we we can't abandon ship when it was there was so much good in terms of effort and desire and um, some nights we might get five of those tonight we didn't or today this afternoon we didn't. So uh, for you you guys good pressure you just gonna get one. What's the feeling you guys on the ice? Are you, are you getting frustrated at all there? You're just trying to be positive and stay with it. Yeah, I think uh, we were trying to get to the net a lot, um, screen their goalie because uh, credit to him he played really well. Um, Sometimes the bounces just aren't going your way. So all we can do is, is get to the net more and get more pucks than that. Jack, can you walk us through that, that goal? It looks like it just gets tipped maybe right under your pad. You're you're there in position. You made, you did you're everything you could. What did you see from your perspective that kind of allowed that first one to go um, I mean, I guess not being fully ready uh, on their their first power play of the game. Um, I mean, they we knew that they would – put uh, pucks back door like that and I wasn't 100% there for it obviously it got under me um, but I mean 
you know, just little mistakes. Dave, did you sense, the way things have been happening with you with the rough kind of situation, did you sense anything on the ice with them as far as being nervous at all? Of, of our guys or their no, guys? You guys. I, I did not. No. Coach, quick turnaround here for Tuesday. Again, we talked about that, the awkward kind of weeks where you're having that mid-game Tuesday. What do the guys need to do to kind of quickly regroup from this? I, mean, I, I don't think we need to regroup, Joe. I think we just need to go play again, and then that's obviously, obviously the, the beauty of a Tuesday game right now. Let's go play. Um, there's not much I would change about the game. Hit the inside of the post instead of the outside of the post. I mean, come on, right? So um, I'm, I'm happy. I think the guys are happy. Let's go play again. This is a great stretch right now, and um, we're, we're fine-tuning, and, man, we're a hell of a lot better right now than we were a week ago. And if we keep doing that, then good things will happen. But the uh, I'm excited to play Dartmouth. They had a big win against Cornell. They're going to demand our best, and uh, we're going to we're going to provide it. Tori had a big RPI contingency there rooting for you guys. What's it like being able to play in front of the crowd after a crowd that's on your side because you haven't really gotten a chance to do that a whole lot this year? Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, we had this game circled on our calendar for for a long time. Uh, looking forward to playing in front of our fans. So uh, family too. A lot of us had our family there. So. Uh, it was a really big game for everyone, and uh, we wanted to play well in front of them. So um, hopefully we'll get a chance to do that again. Dave, uh, just talk about what Rick meant to you, what it was like coaching against him uh, when he was in Union. Well, I, I think it's um, really important to note that like, I don't know what happened. Um, I'm not interested in knowing what happened. Um, Rick has been a longtime friend. We had a, a mutual, very good friend. Um, both in pro um, and I've seen Rick Bennett step up when that mutual friend was tragically killed I saw Rick step up for his wife the for the widow um, and step in and help that family I've, I've listened to Rick on phone calls support his players the program and the institution at times that he maybe had opportunities to not um, I've seen him have a team that's always prepared and always work hard um, I just messaged him and said, hey, I hope you're all right. You and the family, I wish you the best. I know he's got a big family. He's, uh, um, he's meant a lot, 17 years to union, and uh, I applaud him for the good things, and we move on. Let's move over to the women's side. We're at 11 o'clock. Uh, RPI Union uh, started the uh, festivities of the Mayor's Cup Day with the fourth uh, edition of this game, and RPI takes a 2 nothing victory, scoring both their goals late in the third period. Uh, goals by uh, Mara Wagner and Ashia Taylor Walters uh, late in the game gave the engineers the victory. Uh, Union was done in by uh, an 0 for 6 power play at 14 shots on goal. It's not like they didn't you know, get the puck in it. They certainly did that, but they were unable to beat Amanda Rampato for the second time in three uh, games this year between the two uh, teams. Uh, Rampato ended up with uh, 32 saves in the contest. Let's hear from the winners first, uh, the RPI engineers. Brian, it came down to a, a couple mistakes by Union and took advantage of it. How important was that? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it came down to our penalty kill. Yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah I mean, because we, we just took way too many penalties. And uh, credit to Union, I mean, they played a great game. And uh, we were opportunistic in the third period, and our, our penalty kill uh, found a way, you know, to, to get us a win. Yeah, they had 14 shots on the power play, so to be able to not give up a goal and you know, that many shots in six attempts, I mean, how proud are you of the penalty kill? 
Yeah, they were big time. I mean, the execution was was really good. I thought where we struggled was we, we didn't win a faceoff all game. You know, so we started each shift uh, without possession, uh, which was really tough. So we had to defend a lot. Um, you know, but but you know, uh, as we've said all year, your best penalty killer is usually your goalie. <laughs> if you're if you're rolling, and Amanda had a another brilliant game for us. Can you go into the type of penalties in the girls' stuff? Three tripping and a hooking in that second period. Usually indicates reaching. Usually maybe indicates uh, reaching behind the play. Is that what you thought? Is that kind of what some of the penalties were? Yeah, I mean we we got out competed for periods of time, and we ended up reaching and. Uh, and taking, you know, some undisciplined penalties. Uh, but again, you know, in a, not to be unexpected in a, in a Mayor's Cup game. I mean, there's a lot on the line. And, uh, and, and like I said, I thought Union played really, really well and uh, carried the play for, for large stretches of the game. Amanda, for you, uh, obviously, Coach mentioned about the kill. How important was it for you to be that sharp, uh, stopping all those 14 of those uh, power play shots? Um, yeah, for sure. When we're on a penalty kill, you always got to be dialed in. But I mean, I'm of course thankful for like the players that we have out there too. We have lots of um, players putting their body on the line, making some good blocks, and helping me out. So all credit goes to them as well. They were causing a lot of traffic in front, really forcing mm-hmm. them to set up your rebounds. Um, what were you seeing out there? I mean, was it were they? I don't want to say easier shots, but were they, was it a sense of you felt confident, you felt like you were seeing the puck tonight? Uh, yeah, I mean, there were lots of bodies in front, but um, especially with Coach Connolly this year, we've been working a lot on seeing through screens, and um, our defense have been working on boxing out, so then I can get a good sh- uh, eye on the puck and then get a read on that shot. Uh, Amanda, was it was the, the color of the boards at all an issue of seeing the puck at all, or was it something you were able to focus away from? Um, it, I didn't find it too much of an issue. Um, because the bottom of the boards were still like the normal yellow, so it wasn't too much of a change. Miranda, this is the second time you shut out Union this year. Does this shutout feel better than the first one back in October? Um, the first one back in October was my first uh, college shutout, but I mean, it's hard to get a shutout at this level, so I mean, everyone is exciting. Mara, talk about your goal. It looked like you had free reign to come out from uh, behind the net there. You got the shot off and then uh, the rebound. Yeah, I mean, I just knew I had to get it get it to the net somehow and even if it was getting it through a couple bodies or the lane was open right there for me so I just knew I had to get it get some body position in front of the net and get the puck to the net. You guys had a good odd man rush a couple minutes, a couple minutes prior to that goal I think mm-hmm. uh, and that went off and I stopped but did you feel chances mounting in that third period and you felt like you were finally chipping away at something there? Definitely shift by shift everybody was uh, pushing the pace uh, every shift so it definitely the energy kind of flowed through so really helped with uh, with that. Mary, your, thought, your thoughts on the uh, penalty kill? Penalty kill is solid. We got Rampy, Rampy right behind us, so I know that if a puck does get through, she's she's right there to back us up, but um, uh, we're aggressive. We're, we're ready to eat the puck whenever we need to, and uh, yeah. Mary, what is it about this Mayor's Cup game? It seems like no matter how the regular season goes and no matter how kind of lopsided those scores may be, this one always goes down to the wire, overtime, that type of thing. What is it about this game, do you think? Um, well, it's my first Mayor's Cup, but um, honestly, it's it's a battle for a cup. Like, it's special. It's uh, Not many teams get to fight for a cup mid-season, and, you know, it's it's a rivalry that we're, uh, we're re- willing to take to the very end of it, and we're ready to go every time we, we play them. Anyone can answer this, else will have the cup return to Troy. Feels amazing. Now let's hear from the Union Dutch women, uh, starting with uh, head coach Josh Skiba. 
Josh, um, you had six power play attempts, 14 shots, one goal. You couldn't go very one man out. Is that really what the difference in the game? Um, yeah, I think I think so. I think that's a big difference, just not capitalizing on some chances. Um, I really like the way our girls played. I like the way our team played. Um, you know, obviously both goaltenders played well. I thought our kill, our penalty kill was great. Um, I think the power play was a big difference. Um, I thought we had a lot of momentum in the game. I really liked the heart that we played with. I think coming off of the series that we had, you know, against RPI earlier in October, um, to see the way our kids competed and played today, I think if, if we play like this, uh, we're in every game. That no matter the opponent. So I really like the heart that we played with today. Cassie, what are your thoughts about the power play? Yeah, I thought we possessed the puck really well. I thought we generated some really awesome chances. But like Josh said, we just got to find a way to get a puck in the net. But I'm really proud of the group for moving their feet and drawing the many penalties. We just got to work on capitalizing on those. Is it frustrating not being able to uh, score like that? Well, the number of shots, especially in generated. I think we all want to score, but I think our group has done a really good job of remaining positive in these situations, and that just adds to our energy and our overall team morale, and I know we can do it, so we'll be fine. Coach, what was going on with the face-offs? You guys were doing a really well job with the face-off circle, but then that wasn't transitioning to anything. It wasn't transitioning to chances. What did you see that maybe was stopping you from converting those face-offs to um, well, I think, yeah, we did a great job winning draws. I think that's something we spent some time on this week and we'll continue to spend some time on. But um, I think just getting shots. Like, we, we executed faceoffs well and just we had some time to attack space and creating some more shots. And I think we passed on a few opportunities. Um, had some shots blocked at different times, um, especially in the offensive zone, that I think we can continue to get more shots to the net. But, uh, again, I, I love, like, we, we won just about every category. We, we crushed faceoffs. I think that's a positive for our group. I think it builds a lot of confidence, and, and we want to build on that. Coach, what is it about this game in particular? You mentioned kind of no matter which way the series goes in the regular season, this always tends to bring out the best in both teams. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I mean, there's a trophy on the line, right? And I think anytime you put that out there, I think the, the girls just, they, they want to compete for a trophy. They want to win, right? They want bragging rights. Uh, you put fans in the stands, a big venue. I mean, it just makes it even more special, right? So, um, yeah, it's 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 awesome. It's it's a great event, and I'm actually happy that now 15 of our kids who haven't competed in this game now have what it feels like to be in this game because I think that's really important for our group. So for you, how did it feel to be good uh, back in the lineup and playing? It was great. It was great that it was here too, and it's a nice experience to like experience this whole thing. And it was just great to be back with the team and like feel like great. <laughs> so was it for the protocols? Yeah. Uh, what, did, you, did you feel it? Were you concerned about any you know, rust coming in after almost a month, a month off? Um, a little bit, but as soon as I hit the ice for practice yesterday, I knew I was ready and I knew that I would be good and I would perform to my best. So what were your thoughts on the blackboards? Uh, obviously, you can lose the puck in that if it's, if it's up in the air. Amanda said that the bottom of the board was still yellow so she could see the puck. Is that what you felt as well? I Well, I noticed it like coming into the rink that it was black and I wasn't sure how that would affect me, but then... Right after warm-ups, like, I felt great. Like, it didn't affect me at all. I didn't notice any difference. Like, it was nice and bright in the rink, so. On that second goal, so it looked like you, uh, Earth was trying to get the puck to you. And uh, Was there miscommunication or what, what happened? A little bit, but that happens. Like, there's always those moments that, like, it happens. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And that will do it for this edition of the Parting Shots Podcast. I thank Mike McAdam, my Gazette colleague, for coming on the show. Uh, Union men are back in action Tuesday night at Messerink against LIU in a non-conference game, a uh, game that was added uh, a few weeks ago following the cancellation of the uh, two-game series. They were Union was supposed to play against UMass New Year's Eve 
and New Year's Day. And I will have uh, post-game coverage of the, on the Parting Shots podcast, so I hope you listen then. And, of course, read my articles if you get a chance to uh, on dailygazette.com or if you're in the area in the Capital Region, you can listen uh, or read them on the pr- in the print edition. So pre- pre- you know, support uh, local newspapers and uh, buy a copy of the Daily Gazettes. Uh, folks, appreciate again you know, listening to the podcast. And if you have questions about the podcast or college hockey uh, in particular, you can email your questions to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Slapshots. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of Gazette newspapers. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of Gazette newspapers. I'm Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening and uh, joining me on this uh, special edition of the podcast. From MVP Arena in Albany, New York, good night, good hockey.